Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome back to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast. I have today in our Charlotte remote studio, Kenneth Groom who is the founder. Let me just rewind. This is going to be a different episode for everyone because this is the first time that we have had two journalists, myself and Kenneth, together where we're able to provide just a bit more perspective based on both of us. I guess collectively, we probably interviewed easily over 100 founders and investors, maybe much more. So here with Kenneth Groom, he is the founder and the host of Beyond Normal Media Podcast. And we are looking forward to this discussion today, which I like like I said, it's going to be a bit of a different angle. So, but let's start, Kenneth, how we always start with uh, not you today with, you know, 50, 100 episodes in, but you as a child and your childhood self and just describe for the viewers who childhood Kenny was and if childhood you would be friends with you today. I always go back to, you know, the start of me doing the things that I'm doing now back to my experience in college. Uh, I was a math major, a nerd. Uh, I like to look at numbers. And so right out of college, I went into nerdy fields, right? Uh, Data analytics, data science. That allowed me to spend a lot of my hours honing my craft, talking to people, looking at data uh, the first couple years of my career. But, you know, something in me, you know, led me to say I wanted more. And that more for me was um, taking uh, that data that I was able to synthesize from different systems and then actually start telling stories to my clients, to my partners, to my executive stakeholders. And, you know, about five, six years in, I found this passion for storytelling through my nerdy data skill set. And so from there, um, the pandemic actually for me was uh, the golden opportunity for me to have more conversations with folks, to, to tell those stories. And I leveraged the most uh, of that situation. I know for some folks it wasn't the best time, but for me, I was stuck at home, still getting the paycheck, but you know, wanting to have as many conversations with, with, with folks as possible. I appreciate that, Kenny. Although you were not a child during the pandemic, so I want to rewind the clock back <laughs> even more to before you got to college. And in those days, were you still nerdy you or did that come later? Like, who were you back then? And can you tie it at all to what you're doing now uh, with your journalism and your media? So who was Kenny back then? Got it. So you want me to go back even further? I was a nerd growing up. Uh, Your traditional uh, anime. I played some sports uh, just due to my family having a lot of athletes. I'm pretty tall. Um, But I gravitated away from the sports into subjects like math, uh, reading Harry Potter books, uh, anime, again, something that I mentioned, music, listening to some, uh, you know, jazz and things like that, having a record collection. Those were some of the pieces of my blueprint from an early age that I feel like factored into the person that I am right now. Speaking of future, you have a lot of big visions for Beyond Normal Media Talk about what that is, actually, and when and how did it start? Like, what was the genesis? Why did you birth Beyond Normal Media, and where does that name come from? Appreciate that uh, that alley-oop there. You know, it started out, you know, I'll answer that question first. It started out with just me noticing, having conversations with 
people within my network who look like me and you and just realizing like they have incredible stories. Like that's the, that's the secret sauce. A lot of times I don't think, you know, I'm a believer in the technology, all the tools out here at our disposal, it kind of levels the playing field somewhat. Right. And so what's going to really matter is how you connect with your customers, with your clients, with those in your community. And at the heart of that is the story. You know, we all go to the movies, for the story. Like we don't want to see the beginning and then the end of the movie, right? Those are those are pieces that help build the movie into a blockbuster, but truly the meat and potatoes of it is what those those folks go through, right? And so as I was talking to these different folks during the pandemic, again, I noticed that there are a lot of founders out there um, figuring out how to, you know, maintain payroll, maintain being a business during that time was kind of crazy. We lost a lot of black owned businesses. So the fact that they were able to keep their doors open, um, still stay fully focused and engaged on being a entrepreneur and not saying I'm, I'm done with this. I'm about to go get a nine to five. That was something you know, I thought was powerful. And it just started with me, you know, recording zoom calls for the folks that I knew in my network. And then, Cold messaging, cold DMing, cold emailing a ton of folks. I can't tell you how many. How many? I probably, it, just to get the first season, which was about 20-something episodes, I probably had to cold DM probably like 500 people. Yeah. For 20 episodes? Yeah, for 20 episodes. Wow, 500 people. Yeah, and so part of that, you know, my numbers got probably was me going, not necessarily going after the right folks, but just knowing in my network I have these folks whether they're a first degree connection or a second degree connection, that seemed like they have an incredible story that, you know, I'd like to, to be a part of. That's good to hear. So now looking at you, I mean, I don't know how many exact episodes that you have, but talk about where you are today in terms of, I think you have a sponsor now, like you have, you know, you're going on what season three or season four. So talk about where you are now and then also how you got started and how you initially financed your business. So we're up to season five. We do have a sponsor, um, incredible sponsor um, by the name of uh, Ascentum. Uh, they do uh, some incredible, uh, they have some incredible coaching solutions, but what they offer really complements the type of message that we're trying to get out there. Um, and then the second part of your question. The beginning. Was uh, the beginning. So the beginning, it was me financing it myself. Uh, people tend to think that uh, podcasting is uh, relatively cheap. It is not. Uh, there's like hosting fees and you got to, uh, you know, maintain your social media. You got to put you got from an equipment standpoint, you can spend, you know, pretty much a blank check on um, some of those things. But I quickly learned that there's some cool tools out there that make things easier uh, for the podcaster. Um, podcasting has come a long way. Um, from podcasters, I think 10, 15 years ago, had to upload to individual sites. Now there's like hosting sites and different tools out there that make it to where the podcasters can can truly focus on the, uh, you know, on the conversations. I actually did a, a social media post on Twitter not too long ago. I was really transparent about how much I spent on the podcast within the first two, two and a half years. I think I spent like maybe close to four grand. So that was a lot of money yeah. to put into something that essentially started out as a hobby. But I quickly learned, OK, people are you know interested in, you know, taking in the content by listening to it, watching it. 
Um, and then there's others who may want to leverage the platform to get their message out in terms of sponsorship and things like that. And so, you know, I spent some money, but, you know, the, the, the old saying is it, it takes spending money to kind of make money. I think that that's in play here. So most people don't get to five seasons. How did you? You got to push through. Um, a lot of times you're doing stuff on your own, as you know. Podcasting is one of those things. There's a stat out there where within like five episodes, most people quit. And so you really got to get over the hump because unless you have, you're bringing an established brand to the table, you're not going to have the viewership that you want usually, right? Um, unless you have a brand you're bringing to the table or a partnership that helps you. And so you just got to kind of push through it. Don't look at the number so much at first. And then the cool thing about podcasting is one of these things where the more you record, it's like, you know, when somebody finds you on five, five seasons in, now they have so much content to go back to. It's like when we binge on Netflix now, right? When we binge stuff, if you don't have enough seasons now, we're to the point we won't even watch it. Like people are like trained this way where if you don't give me a certain amount of content, I don't even know what to do with it. And I probably won't even give you the time of day. So you just got to keep pushing through it. Um, add some structure, find topics that you enjoy talking about. I enjoy talking to founders, so it's easy enough for me to, you know, pull up a quick call with them, have a 30-minute conversation, and figure out how to get it to the world. When did you see a boost in your numbers? I would probably say it was my second season. Uh, I had a sponsor that season, and they were pretty connected with VCs and just different founders. They were on you know, the, the apps of the time, Clubhouse and all these things. And so it was this really magical moment where I got connected with a broader network. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is what it feels like to be a part of this startup, this VC community. Um, and so that second season, I had a sponsor. And that, that was really when I started to see more eyeballs, more conversations um, from folks looking to partner or even just come on as guests. That was when it really took off. That is... Uh... That's excellent to hear. Uh, could you talk about what unique ways you're providing value to the people who come onto your podcast? There are a million out there, actually multi-million uh, podcasts out there, even more than we might expect interviewing founders and VCs, even more who have a particular demographic bent to their message. So mm -hmm. talk about like what unique value you're adding and what makes Beyond Normal different from some of the other offerings out there. Great question. I would say for me, I tend to focus on connecting with founders who are relatively early on in their process. It gives them a platform early on to figure out what exactly they want people to know about their brand. It's really important for a founder who is doing, you know, they're wearing all the hats, right? But one of the hats they don't necessarily focus on as much or they probably don't have the capacity to is the marketing and that branding hat, right? And that's a really important hat to any business owner. And it starts out saying, you know, it starts out with what is the product that you have? You know, why do people want it? And why are you the one to give it to them? That why you're the person to give it to them is a really important question to ask yourself. And so I just asked them similar questions to what you're asking me now. Like, tell us about your, you know, your story prior to you being a founder. What, is it, what about it excites you? Like, why did you go down this path of this crazy path of being the one who's going to solve this problem? Because being a founder is kind of crazy. Like, you got to really, like, 
not think like a, a normal person to want to say, hey, I'm going to be responsible for this, you know, this product, this solution. I want to be responsible for payroll and all these different things, all these different aspects versus getting a nine to five, which is really comfortable and you know the outcome. You're going into a situation where you don't know the outcome. Why are you putting yourself through this distress? Why are you jumping off the cliff is what I like to call it. And so asking them these questions a lot of times early on in a in somewhat neutral field, right? I'm not I'm not out here trying to to give them a bunch of money. I'm not out here trying to leverage their product to position it for others. I'm truly out here just wanting to have a conversation with them so that they can have this almost like a pitch practice. They can almost have this like safe environment where they can tell their story connected to their product. And then at the end, I always want founders to let the audience know how can they support you? Like, that's really important. Founders in our community, we don't tell people enough um, how they can specifically support us. And you know, that's a complete story, right? From thinking of a movie, right? From the beginning, seeing you similar to the questions you asked me to the end where you have this product and you need to tell people how they can, you know, connect with your brand and, and, and support. So stay here because essentially you're saying that in a 30 minute conversation, you can ask them 10 to 20 questions that fundamentally give them a boost in terms of their marketing, their branding and their story. So my question is how, like, how does, how are you able to do that? And if someone is listening to this, how do you validate that that's actually what's happening? And is it the case that founders, generally speaking, at that early stage, particularly you know, uh, among the community that we're serving, they don't have those opportunities and you are their first or one of their first opportunities. Yeah, you, you touched on a lot there. You know, I'll give the example, the very first founder that I interviewed, uh, a founder by the name of Dominique Boone. Uh, she has a laundry delivery service here in the Charlotte area called uh, Leslie's Laundry Care. It's actually named after her daughter. Right. And so she was my very first guest. And uh, we had a conversation via Zoom. Nothing was perfect about the conversation outside of us just having the conversation. And at the end of that, she was like, hey, you got to keep doing this. This is incredible. And from that, from the conversation that we had, like she went on, like she's so confident, like she's at pitch competitions. She's actually representing a lot of uh, on a lot of stages here in our local area around, um, you know, giving entrepreneurs the resources they need. But she's so confident now because she's going through the gauntlet of, you know, honing her message and making sure that she, you know, she can articulate her brand, the brand of the company to the masses. And I think that's really important to do at an early stage. We, you know, from the, uh, the events that I've been to, startup events, VC events that I've emceed, right? Um, that's a common thing in terms of feedback that the founders get in terms of like the messaging isn't clear. And a lot of times the messaging has to do with, you know, you hear investors say now, like I'm investing in the individual, not necessarily the company. So with that mindset, you really got to like bring, put your best foot forward in terms of telling your story and making sure no matter what you sell, whether you sell, you know, you, you sell vacuums, you sell insurance, you sell some type of tech product. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you own your story and that product ties into 
what you are. I, I think that's truly where we're headed now. Again, I'll re reiterate what I said at the beginning of the conversation. The technology makes a lot of stuff an even playing field at this point. So the, the, the product itself, a lot of times doesn't matter. What matters is, uh, I guess I'll say it again, the, your story and the, 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 the need or the, you know, the product solution of the, the market that you're, you're trying to serve. So you've been making it seem like you are a one-person show. You're doing it all on your own, and you're shaking your head because that is not necessarily the case. Can you talk about who in your personal network has showed up in ways that you might not have anticipated when you first started this journey back in that first episode with Dominique? So uh, a lot of my peers from my corporate life, which I'm no longer in as of this moment, um, they really stepped up big time. Uh, they wanted to see, you know, I think people do want to see others succeed outside of just the normal nine to five. They don't know how to do it themselves, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they don't want to see others go down that path. And so I put, I put myself out there. I started posting more, started letting folks know, hey, here's what I'm working on. Um, share the share the message. You know, you know the support support comes in different ways. It could be somebody buying your product or services. It could really just be somebody reposting something of yours. And so I leverage my relatively strong career network from my nine to five, and I position my business in in front of them. And I got some feedback. Um, folks shared stuff. They uh, reposted things. What kind of feedback? Um, some of the feedback I got early on was around the episode lengths. Um, so I was recording like close to an hour thinking I was out here like Joe Button or something like that. And it was just like, nah, you can't necessarily do that for depending on your audience. Some folks, you know, they're passively listening while they're doing, you know, chores or cleaning up or doing just different things, activities around the house. And so you really can't necessarily just go out there and just keep recording, you know, in bulk like that. And so I broke it down. I started to create um, more structure. Um, I started to streamline my questions a little bit more based off of some of the feedback I got. And then the other part that you asked around the help that I've had, I've had so much help. Um, Clubhouse was really good early on because there were some, were some really powerful folks and, um, you know, in that realm and in those communities that were really good at public speaking. That wasn't something I was necessarily the most confident with. So really? I made sure, yeah, it's not something that I've always been the most confident with. Um, even as a podcast host? Even as a podcast host. So how did you get better? Practice and then finding a topic, like honing the topic enough to where it's something that I'm always passionate to talk about. And so I think, you know, during that time, there were a lot of topics um, during the pandemic, um, that made us all uncomfortable. We all know the topics. Um, we don't really need to rehash them, but those weren't necessarily conversations I was comfortable having. And so some of those topics didn't necessarily fit, but now that I'm a couple seasons in, I know what my bread and butter is. And um, it's easy, super easy for me to get, you know, get on a call and have a converse, conversation with somebody now. So do you have a message and a theme that links all your episodes or are they mostly guest driven? Um, the theme is incredible, incredible black and brown founders, usually, right? But I would say, um, you know, I try to steer to stories 
um, individuals where that is so po- so powerful that you have no choice but to you know connect with with the product or solution that they have and so their story I get on uh, intro calls 15 minute intro calls with folks and I can tell from just the first couple minutes of us talking right um, we, we went through something similar if it aligns with what we're trying to do and in the power of their story um, and a lot of times it's me asking them one or two questions and then I'm like you got to make sure you tell everybody that part of your story like there's so many like lost pieces of our lives that we, we, we take for granted. Like that's like, like superpower almost like, you know, some of the things that we go through, some things are hard, but then at the end of the day, like you going through those hard things, it, it, it kind of refines you and makes you uh, an incredible person. I can see the growth for sure. I listened to that first episode with Dominique and it was, it was a good one. And I can, I've listened to more recent episodes. We both interviewed uh, Donovan, mm-hmm. right, uh, of Guild. And I could just see the growth and development in your prowess as, uh, as a podcaster and a journalist. Was there ever a time where you wanted to quit? Yes. So when I, it was probably about the third season there wasn't really a lot of money coming from it. And I was really focused on, um, on the money aspect. We were, um, me, and my, me and my spouse, we were focusing on expanding our family, adding a little one that can be rather expensive. Some of those conversations came up. And so that was probably the only time I was like, okay, I've done enough with this. Like maybe it's time to, to hang it up. And then I don't know if it was just like, the phase of I was in or whatever, I just started having more and more conversations with incredible founders. Again, I started getting some opportunities around speaking engagements. And so the in-person came back. So during the pandemic, we were all in the house, like having these remote conversations. And then once it started to open up, like, okay, I can, I can go out and actually make some money from this and be in person with folks and connect and break bread, which is what I'm used to from the corporate world. I was like, okay, like, let me, put my all into it. Let me put some more resources into it. And that's where we're at today. I love that. And speaking of family, you are a dadpreneur. You are a husband. So talk about what positive ways podcast, because by the way, controversial, I'm about to say it's controversial, but I read an article and my girl actually read this article as well in the New York Times about podcast bros. I don't know if you've heard that before. There are a number of different bro communities, but it was kind of a bit of a a negative tinge on guys who have podcasts and how they're viewed if they're in the dating market. Mm -hmm. And it was really getting at the guys who are taking their message into a negative tone, which doesn't seem to be what you're doing in the slightest bit. Like you are affirming Mm -hmm. people. It's not just you lamb blasting your your personal opinions about social issues on on, on your podcast instead you are like you said providing a service to early founders that they're able to use to grow their mm-hmm. business their brand their message and their own prowess so how in what positive ways has your podcasting journal across five seasons how many people have you interviewed we're up to like 70 70 founders and invest 70 guests have come onto your podcast across five seasons Talk about what positive ways has impacted your family, because it sounds like those are conversations that you're having and they are closely aligned. So 
just for the people who are listening right now who are wondering whether you can balance the two or if it actually maybe helps you. I had an interview earlier today with a guy who also has a podcast who was saying it actually helps because he's able to get some things off their chest before bringing it to the house and having their family listen to all their music throughout the day. So talk about what positive ways that your podcasting has impacted your personal life here in Charlotte. Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing is we have been we have been somewhat deliberate in finding black owned businesses to support um we we heard from folks within our family within our community that you know there's not enough black owned businesses for people to actually throw their money at and so with me actually found you know going out and finding some of these businesses and having conversations we you know we leverage some of their products right and so i think that's the like that's a that's an easy win right there in terms of the way that I, I look at the podcast and my um, the dynamic with my family I'm in a household with fe- all females I have a wife and a daughter so you know my podcast I'm pretty deliberate in having conversations with female founders um, one for my daughter. I want her to see other individuals that look like her, have long hair, have the type of hair she has. You know, I think that representation is important. And so I, from that aspect, I think it's, it's positive. But the, the other side of that is sometimes, you know, especially at first, the podcast was taking a lot of my time and it wasn't necessarily revenue driven activities right and so setting it up and finding the team and you know um, building out all the capabilities to get to the point where I'm at now um, those those may have been seen as somewhat of like strains on some of the um, you know conversations I may have been you know having with my um, with my spouse with my wife and that's just natural like you know you're, you're trying something new you don't know the outcome of it it it, it can cause some of the you know, conversations to have that may not necessarily just be, you know, all positive. Uh, But for me, you know, you you mentioned it, the piece around some of the other podcasters out there, I guess the bros is what they're called. I'm not, I don't think I'm in that category, but, um, you know, there is like a venting to it. Like you can have a, I I leverage the podcast as a piece of my professional brand. And so it allows me to have those conversations I don't think my wife wants to sit at home and talk venture capital with me. I don't, I know she doesn't. So, so right. Like I need to have other outlets and other communities that I can talk that, that stuff with. And then if, you know, in, in, in my family, within my family members, within, within my friends, I'm, I'm able to have those conversations as well, then cool. But there is somewhat of a separation between the two outside of me, just always asking my family to, uh, stream my content, which I always do. Got to have that family support. Yes. You said something interesting too about how intentional you are about bringing on female founders onto your podcast, interviewing them, uh, both to get their story out, but also for representation. And it's something that has been top of my mind recently as well too, but it's not something that I feel as though I'm doing exceptionally well at. I don't know if you've ever felt that way either, but it wasn't until I had women in my personal network and professional network rather, 
who were sort of pushing that for me to be more intentional about. And I'm like, I'm really don't feel like I'm treating it that differently. I'm just kind of receiving whoever kind of shows up. But I realized that I had to take additional steps and go a bit further. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfectly fine and reasonable. But talk to me about if that has been your experience and like how you're able to do it when so many people just come with excuses and um, other things that don't have a difference in whether or not they actually have female founders on their on their podcast. I would say just my my normal kind of circle steers more towards male. And so as my as I was asking people to listen to my platform, obviously the number skewed male. So one of the things I deliberately did was my sponsors have been female run businesses. So that helps. Right. Um, Like balance things out. And then two, I actually got feedback from a potential sponsor that that ratio matters to them if they were to put money in. And so, okay, now now there's dollars tied to it as well. I'm hearing that from some of the sponsors. Now, my two sponsors that I've gotten, they haven't necessarily, they didn't necessarily hone in on that as much versus the story that was being told on the platform. But I have potential sponsors, you know, come to me and say, hey, we would like to see this this metric around demographics, around gender improve. And so that that's something I've taken into account as well. But again, you tie money to stuff and then people usually change their course of action. That is true, especially in this country. We are certainly money motivated almost to a fault. You mentioned sponsorship several times, a number of times. Congratulations on that as well, because that is no small feat. And I came across another podcast, The Diary of a CEO, uh, Stephen Bartlett out of the UK. Sounds mm-hmm. like you've heard of that. And I, I only found him because he had an episode on how he had a million dollars in sponsorship for his podcast. And he's had some really good episodes that I've shared throughout mm-hmm. uh, you know, my family and community as well. Although, you know, learn more about him and you'll see a lot of different things. I think he, he's got an exceptional story that he has put out in the world. Um, but if you had a million dollars in sponsorship, like it seems like this brother was able to get across the pond, what would you do with that money? No strings attached. You don't have people telling you how to spend it. It is sort of go forth, prosper, and elevate the message that we all want to get out and for other people to know. What would you do with that million dollars? I would invest it into the conversations I'm having with the founders. And what I mean by that, I would probably have, like I have a team that does social media and they kind of do you know posts and things like that i would probably ramp that up right now we don't do it we don't do really do any articles we don't do any write-ups like the traditional medium so i would probably add that in there as well and then just making the production bigger people are doing in person now in person is like the end all be all when you can be in a room like we are now you know, you have some of the cameras, you have some of the other elements that are there when you're in person. It does, I believe, lead to better content, you know, more engagement, but it's it's rather expensive for everybody to fly into one location, have the crew there with the lights and the cameras and all. So not to say you need a whole bunch of people, but it, it's still an expensive endeavor um, to go down that path. So if I had that type of money, that's probably what I would do. And I would just spend all my time focusing on having those conversations and giving my team whatever resources they need so they can have the content ready to go, pumping out, you know, at the same speed that I'm having the conversation. That'd be a nice problem to have, though. That would be an excellent 
problem to have and one that sounds like you would solve fairly quickly. What's the most profitable piece of advice that you have received since you've been on this journey? You started, uh, I guess, pre or around the pandemic days and you kept it going. You were going to quit, but continued to move forward. And now you've reached a point where you're starting to hit some exit velocity, potentially where people are coming to you. I mean, we found each other, you know, and, and we're cultivating a relationship. And I think it would be awesome, by the way, that that's a bit of an aside to sort of continue to cultivate that into maybe mm-hmm. a network. Because you see people doing really well in the networks where it's it's a community with a community on top of it, mm-hmm. which I think is a very valuable thing, a meta community, if you will. Uh, but curious, what is the most profitable piece of advice that you've received since you first started uh, recording? It was from one of my guests. Uh, his name is Adrian Cole. He's the founder of voiceblast.fm. Really cool tool out there. Um, think of like having your own radio station uh, for those who want to get their message out. Um, but the advice he gave me was take the podcast off of the name and put in media. And there you have Beyond Normal Media, right? And he was just telling me, hey, you got to think, you can think bigger. You can make this a huge thing, right? When you add media into it, now you're talking about not just the podcast, you're talking about branding deals, you're talking about sponsorship, you're talking about um, traditional, you know, forms of media, you know, journalism, right? Uh, Articles, you're talking about social media posts. Just make it as broad as you can. And it's okay to like narrow it down when you're telling the stories and focusing on your your, your kind of demographic, but make the the company brand itself feel as broad as possible. Um, And so taking that podcast off or whatever you're doing for all the podcasters out there and just put media on the end. And then it usually opens your eyes to some other things you can do. That is actually super good advice. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm like, by the time you listen to this, you'll probably see a change. Verse Tech Founders Media, that yep. even has a ring to it. It has a nice ring to it. It does. It I love that, does. man. That's pretty good. And it sounds like it was profitable advice for you mm-hmm. as well on the sponsorship tip. I'm looking forward to continuing to move through your seasons a lot to go because you got a lot of content, but it's good stuff and you have really spanned the range of the types of founders that you come on. They're not all necessarily traditional VC backable companies. And I think that that's great that you were able to blanket the ecosystem with so many different founder stories. So very much appreciate that. And Kenny, we want you to have the last word. First of all, I want to say, you know, appreciate you for having me on. We connected, uh, some time ago, a couple months ago, right? And so it's good. Um, I'm glad you're, you're enjoying, you've been able to enjoy our city. Um, you had some amazing dialogue with some folks here doing amazing work in the Charlotte area. So you can speak to uh, some of the things that are going on in Charlotte. You know, the, it's cool seeing other podcasters on their journey, like figuring things out, like building your platform your way. I'm still going through the episode similar to what you're going through with our content. And the thing I'll say is just like podcasting is not free. It's something where even out, take out the monetary piece, you got to put the time and the energy into it. And so for all those folks listening in, definitely appreciate you supporting this platform, uh, checking out mine if you're able to. Um, I think podcasting is a really cool medium that will be leveraged even more, you know, moving forward uh, for, for founders specifically. And for Beyond Normal Media, it's really like I, I touched on a couple of times, you know, being that soapbox for founders that look like me and Abraham Black, 
uh, female, even, you know, we've had some Latino, Afro-Latino um, founders on as well. That's really, you know, the, the heart of it. I really want to fo- focus on those founders, making sure that, you know, their story, their brand is where it needs to be and just leverage conversations with myself to to, to hone in on what they want to tell the world. And, and as long as they're comfortable with telling the world their story, and then in addition to that, adding in how the world can support them, whether that's buying, liking, sharing posts, buying, you know, buying products or so- solutions, whatever that ends up being, as long as they feel good about, you know, that output that's going out, then, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's truly what I care about with Beyond Normal Media. But definitely appreciate you for having me on this platform. It's a great conversation. I'm on the other side. It's a little different being on the other side, but I always welcome the opportunity. Well, happy to do it. And we need to hear this story. We really do. You're the first journalist that will have an episode that is published. And it's a great thing because people really want to appreciate what podcasts can actually do. And I'm sure we both have shared in this. The people who get it, they get it. They want to be on. They want to tell their story and get their message out. And you're connected to that person seemingly for life after that. So very much appreciate this. There's one more question we want to ask you, Kenny. And this is where you plug it. There's no shame in the game. Just plug it as much as you want to. Uh, Talk to us about where people can find you, how they can support you, and how you want people to reach out to you. All right, so we can be reached uh, a couple of different ways uh, beyond normal media on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts. You can also catch us on YouTube as well. Um, if you prefer to go to our website, our website is www.beyondnormalmedia.com. We got all the Beyond Normal Media on lock. It took us a while, but I, I feel like we're in a good spot. Uh, this season, season five, is actually um, brought to the world in partnership with Ascentum. Uh, Ascentum is an award-winning coaching practice that helps professionals achieve their promotions and pay they deserve. The founder, uh, a black female, Lisa Baker, she's doing incredible things. Their motto, Ascent to Powerful Heights with Ascentum. Uh, so check them out as well, but you'll see their branding throughout um, the branding for the podcast season. If you just um, check out our content uh, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on it. Uh, YouTube or just going to our website at www.beyondnormalmedia.com. Appreciate any folks that listen and give us some feedback. We always welcome hearing from folks as well about the episodes. If you got any founders, if you are a founder out there and you want to be highlighted, um, go to our website. We got a form you can fill out and we can get you scheduled. Always looking for incredible founders that look like us. Um, that FUBU model, definitely looking to, um, you know, bring their stories to, to the world as best possible. Love that. And we'll continue to be listening and looking forward to you reaching three digits, 100 episodes. And it's been great having you here as well. Much appreciated. And until next time, we bid you adieu. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Diverse Tech Founders Podcast. I'm Abraham J. Williamson, and we had yet another great guest to pop in. And if you enjoyed today's podcast recording, please give us a rating. You can do it right now on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and we'll see you next week.